welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. So we said that there are some attributes of the kingdom that when we begin to do them, they will begin to manifest the kingdom. We said here last week that love is the driver of the kingdom. What makes the kingdom run is love. God himself is love. God's nature is love. That's why the Bible says love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. And we said that what drives and motivates this kingdom is love. Because everything works in this kingdom by love. For your faith to move mountains, it has to be operated by love. For your prayers to get answered, you have to operate by love. For your giving to be meaningful, it has to operate by love. Everything in this kingdom operates by love. And this stands in opposition to the kingdom of Satan. Because that kingdom is run by fear. It's run by hatred. And we also said that another attribute of the kingdom is righteousness. The Bible says that righteousness is the seat of God. is the foundation of God. In other words, the most critical part of any building is the foundation. And we said that God's foundation is built on righteousness. And righteousness has to do with being righteous and also doing righteous. You can't say you are righteous when you practice sin. When you are righteous, you practice righteousness. So there is a position of righteousness. That if you are born again, your sins have been washed by the blood of Jesus, you stand in that position. When God sees you, he sees Jesus Christ in you, and you are righteous before him. That's a good place to be. But much more than the position is the practice. So you have the position, you also have the practice of righteousness. You have the being righteous. The Bible says, either you know sin became sin, that we might become God's righteousness. So God became our righteousness. So we are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. But then we also have to do righteousness. So today we are going to look at two other attributes. And the first attribute of the kingdom of God, which we to talk about today, the third attribute, is the attribute of faith. And this is very, very critical. As a matter of fact, faith is the currency of God's kingdom. Love is the driver of the kingdom of God. Righteousness is the foundation of the kingdom of God. And faith is the currency. We transact business with everyone in the kingdom of God by faith. The Bible says when you pray and when you believe that everything you pray shall come to pass, it shall be so. So when you pray believing that you have what you have prayed for, Matthew 21 verse 22 John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14. So, faith is very, very critical. And faith simply means having confidence in God and his word. Having confidence in God and his word. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And faith is a product of your thinking. The way a man thinks, that's what he will act. Your behavior, your action is influenced by your thinking. Your thinking produces your action, and your action invariably will produce your behavior, and your behavior produces your destiny. So, the way a man thinks matters a lot. You see, the lion is not the strongest animal in the jungle. It's not the heaviest. It's not the biggest. But it's called the king of the jungle. Proverbs 30 and verse 30 says the lion will not turn away from any animal. Proverbs 30, 30 says it doesn't turn away. Even though it's not the biggest, the hippopotamus is bigger, the elephant is bigger, it's not the heaviest, it's not the strongest, it's not the fastest, but it's called the king of the jungle. Why? Because of the mindset of the lion. 
the mental faculty of the lion says, I'm the king of the jungle. I own this jungle. I own this place. And because he carries that mental sense, he has the aura of the king of the jungle. Because somehow your thinking influences your environment. The way you think, that is who you are. If you think negative, you can attract negative. If you think possibility, you attract possibility. So faith is a product of your thinking. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. It says the just shall not walk by sight, but by faith. He kept on saying it. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. He kept on saying it. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. The just shall live by faith, not by sight. So as a child of God, please carry that mentality. For with God, all things are possible. The Bible also says all things are possible to them that believe. The currency of the kingdom, the way we download blessings from heaven to earth and draw blessings is by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, Hebrews 11 6, is a faith pleases God. So it is possible to please God. The only way to please him is where you have confidence in him and where you have confidence in his word. And it's my prayer, I see your confidence in God coming up in Jesus' mighty name. I see you have you more confidence in God in Jesus' mighty name. So the object of faith in the kingdom is God. People have faith in different things. Some people have faith in their car. They believe this car is a good car. And that's why they drive 100 miles per hour on the highway. Some people have faith in a system. Some people have faith in their husbands, in their wives. Some people trust their children that they will do well, they will not fail them. And it's my prayer, your children will not fail you in Jesus' mighty name. So people have faith in different things. People make different things the object of their faith. But the Bible says, have faith in God. The only thing you can surely or reservedly put your faith in is God. Because it cannot fail. And when you have faith in God, also have faith in his word. So the object of faith shouldn't be in anybody, shouldn't be in any system. But it should be in God and God himself. And you know, faith has accomplishments. In other words, if you tell me you have faith, then there should be some evidences around you. There should be some things around you that can tell me that surely you have faith. You don't just have faith by mouth. Because the Bible tells us faith can move mountains. So if truly you're operating this God kind of faith, then we should see a few things around you. Even if your faith cannot move a butterfly, you should be able to at least move an hand. So there should be some evidence because faith has accomplishments. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 downwards, it was talking about the heroes of faith, about people whose faith has accomplished stuff. Say, these people, by faith, they subdued kingdoms. That's a good one. Say, by faith, they caused contrary kingdoms to bow. They ran out Satan in their families. By their faith, they ran out the enemy in their families. Say, by their faith, they said they walked righteousness. Say by their faith, some of them, he said, they had their weaknesses turned to strength. Hebrews 11, 34. He said, through their faith, they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They put the armies of the aliens to flight. He said, they worked valiant in battle. Because of their faith, they worked valiant in battle. Because of their faith, they turned their weaknesses to strength. He said, by their faith, they stopped the mouth of lions. <laughs> Amen. They stopped the mouth of lions through their faith. He said, by their faith... They quench the violence of fire. So, from that passage, we saw that faith has accomplishments. Faith can truly, really move mountains. Faith truly is a product of your thinking. It's also a product of your spirit, man. I'm sure you know that man is a spirit. 
we have a soul and we live in a body. Which is why the more mature you are becoming spiritually, the more faith you are producing. Faith is a product of the spirit. That's why we have what you call the gift of faith. That's why the Bible says that we should build ourselves up upon our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So every time when you learn to pray in other tongues, you are building your faith. You are building an edifice to God. So faith is powerful, is a force, it has accomplishments, is a product of your thinking, is also a product of your spirits. And you know, faith is also believing God's word and speaking it out boldly. There's a way you speak and people can tell you are timid. There's a way you speak and people can tell, oh, you are in fear. But there's a way you speak and people can tell, wow, this guy's a guy to watch out for. And in the realm of the spirit, when you speak boldly, even hell will shake. And I see hell shaking on your behalf in Jesus' mighty name. So faith is believing God's word. You agree with the word of God. You believe it. You own it. You possess it. You accept it. You admit the word. You put it in your spirit, man. You take ownership of the word. It could be any scripture. You can take ownership of any scripture. So if you learn how to take God's word and speak it boldly, you own it, you accept it, you believe it, you admit it, it could be by your strength you are healed. I mean, as simple as that sounds, it carries power. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said the words I speak, they are not just mere words. They are spirit and they are life. After Anna left the princess of the man of God, the man of God told her, go. The Lord has answered your prayers. And that was the only thing Anna held on to. And she, with that, Lord has answered your prayers. She wore a good warfare and she had barrenness turned around. Brethren, you have to learn through the thick and the thin. Because faith believes the word. Faith accepts the word. Faith admits, it takes ownership. And then it speaks boldly. Because when you speak boldly, you release forces. The word says, say sin is believing. But that's not the concept of the faith of the kingdom. The word says, until I see, that's when I believe. And if you read from John chapter 20, verse 24 downwards, you will see Jesus and Thomas. Thomas was told Jesus is resurrected. And Thomas said, no way. That until I see him, until I see the scars on his palm and touch it, I will not believe. That was what Thomas said. And a few days later, Jesus came. And Jesus said, Thomas, see the scars on my hands. Now you can touch it. He said, because you have seen, now you believe. He said, but blessed is it that do not see and yet believe. In the kingdom, believing is sin. In the kingdom, there's what you call an inner high. The things that we do not see, they are real, more than the things that we do see. When you begin to progress in your work with God, you begin to see things with your inner spirit. When you begin to progress, God begins to show you things to come. So blessed is he that do not see and yet believe. Because it's not supernatural anymore if you see it and then you believe it. Faith in the kingdom doesn't waver. That is where you waver between two opinions. Where you are not sure. Today you are up, tomorrow you are down. The Bible says that doubt is like the wave of the sea. It's a being tossed around by wind. James chapter 1 verse 7. James 1 7. Say, let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. So you have to deal with your doubts. It's my prayer God will help you to deal a big blow on your doubts. Because with God, nothing is impossible. The way we do business in the kingdom is our confidence in God and his word. We don't walk by sight. No, 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 no. Faith believes. 
You see, faith settles it in his heart. Many of us are not acting because we are still wavering. We are not sure. Am I really going to have a child in life? Am I really going to get married? Is it true I'm going to get that job? Is it true this sickness will go? You are wavering. You are not sure. But faith first and foremost settles it in his heart. It's first and foremost a matter of the heart. When you can get into the heart, you've gotten it. And we begin to speak. And begin to speak boldly that you begin to see God work on your behalf. So faith is resolute. It doesn't take no for an answer. As a matter of fact, it's ironical that all the people that Jesus commanded their faith in the Gospels, they were not Jews. There was this Greek woman, there was another Roman soldier. He said, oh, great is your faith. That not even in Jerusalem have I found this kind of faith. The other woman brought her sick daughter who was demonized and she refused to go away. And Jesus said, I can't give miracles to sinners. See, you're a sinner. I can't give bread to dogs. And this woman said, Master, yes, I don't deserve it. But even crumbs fall from the table and dogs partake of the crumb. Just give me a crumb. And Jesus said, wow. So this issue of faith is critical. When you have confidence in God, you are telling God he's able. When you disbelieve him, you are telling him he's not able. And it doesn't please him. I have children. When you don't have confidence in me, I'm not glad. So faith actually do pleases God. And Jesus said, wow. He said, go. Your daughter is healed. Brethren, faith can actually move mountains. But faith first and foremost settles in his, in his heart. And how does this faith come? It comes by hearing the word of God. You keep hearing, you keep hearing, you keep hearing. There was this lady who was a single mother. She had this nine-year-old son. And one day the boy was complaining of headache and what have you. And she took the boy to the clinic. And they said they just diagnosed the boy having a hole in the heart. This girl was single. She had this challenge. Our whole world just came down. Our whole life just crashed. So this particular Sunday, she was so reluctant to come to church. So they said, okay, the following week, they were going to schedule a surgery for the boy that she should come back the following week for further tests. And she came to church. And I was speaking on mountain moving faith. And she heard the word of God. And she went home, prayed for the boy. She got to the clinic on Tuesday for further tests. That all had disappeared. In a matter of four days. You see, what I'm telling you is critical. Mountains actually do move. When you believe God, it acts on your behalf. When you dare to believe him, it acts on your behalf. You know why your faith hasn't been working? Because you consider too many things. The Bible says Abraham, though he was advanced in age, he didn't consider his own body now dead. He didn't give it too much consideration. He gave the word of God much more consideration than his body that was now dead. You see, when you know too much at times, it's a problem. When you know too much about your problem, you can dissect it. You know the dynamics of your problem. is a problem. Those things will steal your faith. So because you consider it too much, you consider the sun, consider the wind, you can't go out, you consider your wife, too much knowledge. It's killing people's faith. Abraham, because not his own body now dead. That body was dead. Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. That body was dead. It didn't give it too much consideration. He gave what God told him much more consideration than what circumstances were telling him. Your faith doesn't work because, number one, you consider too many things too much. Number two, you also don't act. Abu says faith without corresponding action is dead. It's not enough to believe God. Hacked. And the Bible says God weighs actions. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 3. Today God weighs actions. So it's not just a matter of just talk. Even your action. God looks at your action. 
The fourth attribute of the kingdom is what I call service. You see, service is the essence of the kingdom. Love drives the kingdom. Righteousness is the seat of the kingdom. And of course, faith is the currency of the kingdom. But service, service to God, service to humanity is the essence of the kingdom. That's the reason for the kingdom. Jesus said, I came to serve and also give my life as a ransom. That concept in the secular servant leadership is from the church. We have leaders who actually serve. Jesus told his disciples, so among the Gentiles, he said they are leaders, they are rulers. They rule over them, they oppress them, they dominate them. Say, but in the kingdom, it is not so. Say, if you want to be great in this kingdom, then you have to be the servant of all. As a matter of fact, he used the word slave. He said, for you to be great in my kingdom, you've got to be the slave, the servant of all. So, in the world, in Satan's kingdom, there are rulers, their leaders rule over them. The last thing Jesus did when he was going to go to the cross was to put a towel around his body and wash the feet of his servants. That was the last thing Jesus did. And he was showing an example. He said, look, I'm showing you an example what you should do. In other words, he wrapped a towel around him and he was washing the feet. He was modeling leadership for them. Those who do well in this kingdom are servants. They are people who had who just don't take. The world will not remember you for what you take. They will always remember you for what you give. Nobody will remember you for what you take. So if you're always taking from people, very soon they will run away from you. The way to have friends, the way to be recognized is always to give. Give counsel, give money, give prayers, give advice, give encouragement, give joy, give happiness. If you're always in the taking business and you never want to give back, people will run from you. You know, Elisha served Elijah diligently. He served him wholeheartedly. When Elisha was serving Elijah, he didn't have a picture of the future. He didn't have a full picture. He's also a man of God. He's also a man who was so consumed by God and he wanted to follow him. And he was pouring water in the hands of Elijah. This was a guy who was a successful big-time farmer and he came and was pouring water on the hands of Elijah. In the process, he became Elisha. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, Acts 13, 36, say, after David, after he served his generation, say, he fell asleep. So even David, just look at the Bible characters. These were all guys who served. If you are too self-absorbed, in other words, it's myself, me, and I, you can't amount to anything with God. Even your prayers is myself, and me, and I, it's all about you, about your children. You don't give a blind monkey about other people around you. It's just you. You are so self-absorbed. You feel so important that you are sitting upon the throne of your life. You will never amount to anything in the kingdom. The way this kingdom runs is by giving. You give counsel. You serve. As a matter of fact, you were saved for service. The reason why God saved you was to serve your family. Pray for them. Some of them are idol worshippers. You know. What have you done about it? Are you praying for them? Have you prayed for them? Are you still praying? Serve. It's not just about you. And you know, it's a principle. Where you lack something, you give it, it comes back. Maybe why you don't see much people helping you. Maybe it's because you are so self-absorbed. Maybe it's because you haven't really extended help to anybody. But when you start going out of your cocoon and begin to help other people, you start seeing things opening up for you.
For we are God's workmanship created in Christ for good works. The reason you are saved is to do good works. The reason you are still here is to do good works. The reason you'll be here next year is to do good works. So God is keeping your planet earth to help extend his kingdom. He wants to, through you, extend his kingdom. He wants you to be his legs. He wants you to be his hands. He wants you to be his ability. He wants to extend himself through you. He wants to channel himself through you. And it's my prayer, God, will find you worthy in the mighty name of Jesus. So the essence of the kingdom, the reason for the kingdom is to serve. Jesus showed that example so clearly. Those who will be great in this kingdom, they are the servants of all. They are the slaves of all. Pastor Adeboye said, the ants that will not do manual labor cannot heal the sick. Very profound. Say, ants that will not do manual labor, that will not clean the toilet, will not heal the sick. It's good to be psychedelic. It's good to be elegant. But in this kingdom, when you come, just do a little away with your elegance. Because there is work to be done here. When you begin to do the work of the Lord, you see God pouring more anointing, pouring more love upon you and helping you. It's my prayer you will manifest the kingdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer God will through you do stuff in Jesus' mighty name. It's my prayer God will through you manifest his glory around you in the mighty name of Jesus. So love drives the kingdom, is the motivation for the kingdom. Righteousness is the foundation for the kingdom. And of course, faith is the currency for the kingdom. And the essence for the kingdom is to serve. Is my prayer God will give you more love in the mighty name of Jesus? Is my prayer you will not just be righteous, but you also do righteous works in Jesus' mighty name? It's also my prayer that you have faith above mountains. You will stop judging by the things you can see. Or you start judging by the word of God in Jesus' mighty name. It's my prayer your hands will do manual labor. Your hands will help your wife. Your hands will help your children. Your hands will help your husbands. You will not be too tidy to do dirty stuff in the mighty name of Jesus. And as you do this, you see God's kingdom coming upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.